We are Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. As a brief introduction before Pick gets up, um, this Testify series, what we're looking at is we're, we're looking at attributes of God, what Scripture reveals about who God is and what He is like, and the nature and characteristics of God, but then also looking at stories, our God stories, our testimonies that line up with that attribute. So we read in Scripture about God and His love and His perfection and His all-powerfulness or omnipotent, where we see what Scripture reveals in actual day-to-day lives of people in Anthem Church. And it's a very exciting series, and, and I know we've had a good time so far, but this morning we're going to be looking at the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence means that God is everywhere all the time. And I want to mention three quick things as an introduction before Peck gets up on the omnipresence of God. This means, first of all, that God is everywhere all the time. There is nowhere that God is not present. Uh, let me read a, a scripture to you in Psalm 139. It says this, David speaking, he says, verse eight, he says, he says this. Sorry, verse seven. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Where can we hide from God? God is everywhere. And in this life we live, we, we live by measurements. The way we find something's place is by measuring it. How far it is to get to a place, how short a distance it is to get to a place, how short or tall someone is, how old they are. It's all units of measurement. But when it comes to God, we, we cannot measure God. And that should blow our minds and that should be beyond our understanding because everything inside of us wants to package God and put Him in these little boxes of what we can maybe control and understand. And I'd like to say that when it comes to the omnipresence of God, we cannot fully understand it. There are no limits to God. There are no boundaries. There are no markers. He, he is limitless. We've been doing some spring cleaning and we've been putting a lot of things in boxes and boxes and boxes and putting those in the cupboard. And it's really nice. You, when you put something in a box, it's kind of like you feel in control. Anyone out there feels control when you put something in a box? And it's next level when you put that box in another box. It's like I showed the box who was boss and I'm like, boom, I understand this box. I understand what's going on. But when it comes to God, He doesn't fit our boxes because He's beyond our boxes. There are no margins. There are no outlines. God is where God is not God because He omnipresence is this, is that omnipresence, mean, His presence means He's near to us. He's close to us. And I don't know about you, but it doesn't always feel that God is near to us. Sometimes it feels like God is so close and at times it feels that maybe He's not that close, but actually Scripture reveals that He is everywhere, always present. And the second thing about His omnipresence is that it's not this force in the galaxies. It's not this God way out there uninvolved in the things of man, but His presence is personal. God's omnipresence is always His personal presence. And what I mean by that is like Jesus walked with His disciples. He was with them. And then when He left His disciples, He promised the Holy Spirit, who is God's Spirit with us, walking and living with us. And it's not some force. I don't know if you've ever been walking maybe down an alleyway or something and just feel like you're being watched and like you turn around and there's no one there and it's like, whoa, this is weird. Or you think of concepts like Big Brother where there's cameras everywhere and you're always being watched and it's this impersonal force out there monitoring your every move and making sure you don't go out of step. 
Sometimes we can think of God's omnipresence like that, but in actual fact, it's not some force out there uninvolved in our lives. It's actually the personal presence of God everywhere, always close to us, everywhere, always near to us. How are you going in your nearness to God this morning? Right now, can you feel the love and warmth of His presence? My desire is that by the end of this meeting, all of us are encountering the nearness of God and understanding that His omnipresence, meaning He is in the furthest, furthest galaxy, but He's also in the nearest, nearest place right now, closer than my breath, closer than my heartbeat. And finally, the the third thing I'd like to say about God's omnipresence, and Peck's gonna come up in a moment, is that not only is He omnipresent, not only is He personally present, but He is presently present. I made, that up, I made that up because I couldn't quite work out how to define and describe what I was trying to mean by that. But he's, he's presently present, immediately present all the time. And this is what I mean. Have you ever been in a room with someone and you're having a conversation, listening, and they were actually in another world completely? Sometimes, I'm just being honest, not very often, but from time to time, I get in trouble with my wife because we'll be having this conversation early on in the week and she'll be telling me something and I'll be nodding, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, babes, that's, that's great. I love it, babes. Let's do it. And in my mind, I'm in what I call my nothing box, where nothing happens and I'm just taking a break from the world. Guys are allowed to have nothing boxes. And then later on in the week, it's normally a, it's, it's normally a calendar scheduling thing. Like we wake up on the Saturday morning and, and Eloise is like, okay, cool, let's get ready to go. And I'm like, get ready to go where? I've planned my Saturday. I'm doing nothing. And she's like, no, we spoke about this. We, we decided we were going together. Oh, I was not there. I, wasn't, I was present, but I wasn't presently, immediately present. What we need to know about God's presence is this. He is always presently present. Right now, He is dialed in and aware of every aspect of your and my life, whether I'm aware of it or not. Do you remember those old school TVs that had those antennas on them? Like, the, maybe some of you. Uh, but you would position the antenna and it would go from that white noise screen to suddenly a picture. And the more you moved it, it was more in tune to the, the program, Right? It's like that. God is always tuned into us, but here's the thing. We're not always presently tuned into God. And my encouragement right now as Peck comes up, and Peck, I wonder if you could come and join me, is that we say, God, I'm tuning the antenna of my heart heavenward to receive all that you have for me because you're dialed into me right now and you wanna download heaven into my heart and I wanna receive it, God, but I need to be presently present right here to your personable presence as I experience your omnipresence, Lord Jesus. Let's pray for Peck. Lord, thank you for Peck. Thank you for his story. Thank you that we're gonna hear a powerful God story, a testimony of you being with him, Lord God, even before he knew you. I just pray that as he shares this morning, heaven would touch earth, Lord God, and that our lives would be forever changed. And above all, that we would encounter your presence because of the story and power of this man's testimony. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Peck. that off the box, right? So we're, we're, we're off to a good start. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to share this. This is a, it's a story, a testimony of about 40 years in the making. And if you know my wife, she's very precise on numbers. And so it's actually 44 years and a few months. So, um, so I'm really, really excited to share. And it's an honor and a privilege to continue on what Steve and Michelle Weinreich shared last week, if you were here, uh, just um, God cannot be measured. He's a faithful God. He's a, um, a God that um, provides. He's a guy that supports. He's a guy that's our aider. Um, 
He's a God that's omnipresent. He's here right now. As I was worshiping, there's this excitement in my heart that's almost ready to explode. You know, I've got so many technology. I've got an iPad or a MacBook Pro. I've got, just got this for work. It's a, the new uh, iPod Air, iPad Air. And I've got my watch, uh, basically monitors my heartbeat. And as I was sitting there, my heartbeat was just going up. And, and, and Apple or Siri tells me, hey, your heartbeat's going up. <laughs> but I'm not going to have a heart attack. It's just this excitement that I have. So uh, super, super excited. Um, with all this technology, it's, you know, I've got paper. I was, this morning, I'm like, oh, I've got this arrow. I'm going to do this, do that. Pen and paper can't go wrong, right? So I made a game time decision going with the iPad Pro. So to get started, um, what's going to happen today is I'm going to share three personal stories of, of my family and myself. And, and then we're going to end off with some helpful takeaways that we can walk away from today and apply it to our lives. So let me begin. Uh, we used to have a friend that uh, was one of the leaders here at Formerly uh, church in the city, now Anthem Church. His name is David Swing. Every time he met me, he goes, Hey, Peck, you're from Vietnam, right? I go, Hey, Dave, I'm from Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> but there should be a, a map behind me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Cambodia. So, Cambodia sits in what we call the Indochina Peninsula. Uh, to my left, your right is Vietnam. And to the, the, my right, your left, is uh, Thailand, and up in the north is Laos. So those are the three boarding countries. So now you know where Cambodia is, so there's no more excuses of, of uh, where I'm from. But Cambodia also has a horrific history. Between 1975 and 1979, there was uh, the Khmer Rouge Party, which is a communistic party that took over Cambodia. And if you know anything about Communistic Party, they're not very friendly. And Cambodia was led by Pol Pot. And during the Pol Pot regime, he believed in an agrarian uh, socialist economy. But he took it to another level. It wasn't just about the economy. It was about genociding, killing his own people. And millions and millions of people have died. Historians and um, some people have estimated that between 1.6 to 1.8 million people that were, that were killed. Probably 60% of those people were, um, were killed in just horrific, horrific way. And for me to describe the horror and the, the tragedy and, and the atrocity that happened during this time, we would spend hours and hours talking about it. But it was a time in, hist in human history where it was something that we would like to forget, but it happened. So during this regime, Pol Pot, what he believed was, we got to kill everybody, okay? So if you're a doctor like Ashley, you would be killed. Your husband would be killed. If you have kids, they would be killed. If you're like Aiden, a teacher, like Tyler, a teacher, sales a business person, you would be killed. If you're like Colleen, no gifted, an artist, you would be killed. I don't know if Brittany's here. If you're talented in painting and drawing, you would be killed. 
because the whole point is to eliminate everyone that's educated. Because if you're educated, that means you can rise up, you can contest, and you can fight against tyranny. So he eliminated brilliant, brilliant people, you know, economists, future inventors, businessmen, advancing the country. He eliminated all. And if you go to the country today, you're going to see the average age is right around 40 years old because generations were just wiped out. But we have an amazing God. Through the atrocity, through the killing, through the horror, our God rises. And the first scripture I wanted to share is in Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you or forsake you. So as I mentioned before, I would share three stories with my family, myself. So during this time, my family was no different. My biological father was in finance, family were educated, so the Khmer Rouge took my mom as a prisoner. So when they took her, they bound her, they tied her up. She was kneeled down like this with a gun, probably a child that's maybe 10 or 11. And my mom said, please, 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 sir, just let me go. My, my baby is, needs to be fed. I need to feed my baby. Probably was going to get killed. This opportunity is to escape. She went to my aunt's house and hid there for two weeks. So you can imagine this time, how often are we were bounded, handcuffed in our daily situation, and we feel like we cannot escape this. But there's God in that moment. My mom didn't know God. I didn't know God, but God knew me. He knew in that precise moment that, he needed, that my mom needed to be untied and gave her the opportunity to escape. The next scripture is Isaiah 41.10. Again, it, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with the righteous right hand. His right hand is holding us up. When my mom was in, uh, in prison or other prisoners that were working at this time, you, you got nothing. You didn't get paid. You didn't get a paycheck. You might get a cup of rice. And maybe in that cup of rice, you might have two or three grains. That's it. That's all you get. And if you're not going to work, they kill you. And most of the time, you're digging ditches. But those ditches are actually your own grave that you're digging for. But there, God was holding my mom up. This next story is, we know God's there, is after my mom hide out for two weeks. Our next step was my mom, we had to get, she had to get us out. So it was me and my sister. And so this journey is the journey where we escape from the killing fields of Cambodia. And just to give you a, a, a reference of distance where we had to go. So at this particular time, you had to get to the Thai border. So this is where the refugee camp was. So it was kind of like the safe zone. And so we had to get there 
And this journey, I wish I could say it was easy, but the good news is that I was young, so I didn't remember a lot. But it was about 40 miles, it's two and a half to three days walking. And you cannot travel during the day, because if you get caught, you would get killed. And one story that I remember to this day is I remember we were traveling at night, and you could only travel at night. And you have to remember here, these roads are not nicely paved roads by any means. Okay? There's holes, there's treacherous coming up. There's uh, one thing that I remember was that walking at night, uh, as I mentioned, we only travel at night. And I remember talking to my mom, holding my little sister's hand, and I see these broken glasses on the road. I said, Mom, what, 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 what are these broken glasses on the middle of the road? And she said, Peck, that's because there's a landmine there. Someone came before us and expected there's a landmine, so they put broken glasses so nobody would step on it. We are traveling here. It, it is pitch dark, but there's just enough moonlight where the moon reflects us off the glass and my mom sees the glasses, and where we escape danger. So one step to the left, one step to the right, we were gone. We could have been gone. And I remember we continued on the, the, the journey, and as we were walking, I could hear an explosion go off. To this day now, I, I hear those sounds in my dreams late at night. Sometimes my wife prays for me and, and just for those to be gone. But again, the love of God, just enough moonlight so that we can see the broken glasses and escape you know, death at that particular time. How often are you in a dark place where you're praying and you're asking God, just give me enough light so I can see the danger? Each one of us, we have God by our side all the time. And that's all we need sometimes is just that low luminant from the moon, just to, so that we could see the danger. Fields of Cambodia, if you know me, I am petrified, I'm scared of snakes. And Cambodia is a tropical country. There's tons of poisonous snakes. There's tons of leeches. Didn't get bit by a snake once. Didn't get bit by leeches or attached onto me once. Because we would have to hide in the water at night or during the day so the Khmer Rouge wouldn't see us. Okay. Again, God's hand was on my life. He had a purpose for me. He was right there. How can someone be so fearful of a snake in a country where there's snakes everywhere not get bit by once? Again, just God, his hand, his protection over our lives. So the next is, once we got to the, the camp, we fill out the paperwork, we found out that my uncle uh, was living in the United States, and he was one of our sponsors, and then uh, we got the right paperwork, and then we were able to make arrangement to come to America. And mind you, like at this time, my mom did not know a word of English. I didn't know where America was. I didn't know anything. But God provided. And some of you know this scripture, Matthew 6:31. So do not worry, say, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Those things were so far from our thinking and our expectations. But when we came here, God provided everything. 
through the Methodist Church that helped us, I got one of the best education a five-year-old can get. Former professors that would open up their doors to us, not knowing us, taught me English, reading, writing, math. My parents had no skills back in Cambodia, yeah. But people in the church stepped up and said, hey, we have a restaurant license. Hey, work for us. We had no car. We had, you can't get a driver's license. Hey, we got a bike. Gave my dad a bike. We didn't have any clothes. I'm going to show a picture at the end where literally all we had was just what, what we were wearing. That's it. God provided every single step of the way when we got here. And he can do the same for you. Now, in all these situations, all these three stories that I've shared, his hand, his provisions, his protection was all over our lives. Okay? This is way before I even knew him. In your life, you guys are probably going through situations or circumstances that you're thinking, God doesn't care about me. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm no good. He is good. He's really, really good. He's really, really good. Okay, if, if, if I design a person to come speak today, I'll tell you what, you know what? He'd be about six foot three, probably maybe Tom Cruise, good looking, right? Maybe a Harvard degree or something. But no, he, he, he picked me out of the depths and the despair, the horrific, the evilness between 1975 and 1979, he pulled me out. He pulled my family out. There's a greater reason. It brought me to this place today, right in front of you. That's the God we worship. So you know my story. There's a lot of details that I could share with you, and hopefully if you're, we'll send this invitation out. We'll share more. She's our biographer uh, of our family. So she can tell you every detail, how long the, the strings that my mom was tied to, just every little detail you can possibly imagine. So if you want to know more, please come talk to me after church, and we'll set a time, and we'll be happy to share more details with you. Now I would just want to leave you with some takeaway as we begin to land. Michelle shared last week that God is God, okay? I'm in sales and marketing, and one of the things I do all the time is negotiation, pretty much every day. And the God that we worship, it's not a God that we have to negotiate with. Like, okay, if I do this, in negotiation, in a sales contract negotiation, if you're trying to sell an item, there's got to be some meeting a person halfway or 60% or, you know, maybe you're going for all the, you know, whatever the value of the contract is. So there's some sort of negotiation, give and take. We don't worship a God of give and take. He didn't say, hey, Peck, you, you guys escape from Cambodia, then, I'll, then maybe I'll get paperwork for you so you can come to America. He had a plan, executed and I'm here today. And that's the God that we worship. Is there's no negotiation. He's got a plan and purpose for each and every one of you exactly where you are at today. 
We all know we go through seasons, right? Some seasons are short. Some seasons are long. There's things that I'm trusting for in my life, in our lives. And the season's been so, so long. And for some of us, it's really, really short. We go through it, whether it's a, a breakthrough in a relationship or finance or whatever it may be. It might be really, really short. And the next day, we see breakthrough. We're joyous. We're dancing. But for some of those seasons that is long, God has a plan for you. And I wish I was able to help him, but God's got a plan for him. Man, it sucks, but I'm here for you. Steve shared in his, um, when he was preaching in Ecclesiastes uh, 3.1, there is a time for everything. You know? Sometimes they're short, sometimes they're long, right? And if you read through Scripture, there's actually a, a song written about it. I think it's by the birds. Um, some of you are probably too young to, to know it. I think it was written in 1965, 66. I'm not going to sing it, but I'll, I'll, the word goes like this. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven. And the lyrics goes on and says, A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, and a time to weep. So there is timing. Whatever you're going through, it will end. It will end because God's in it. And the beautiful part is he gives us community, right? There's so many leaders in here that we can go to. Maybe it's one or two people that we can be accountable to. Or if anything, just say, hey, Aiden, I know what you're going through. Just send him a text. I'm praying for you. I'm fighting for you. I'm here with you. And he clearly says this in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gathered in my name, there I will be with them. So that's the power of community. You know, we heard about testimony of healing this morning. Calling friends up. Hey, man, pray for me. Breakthrough. No more migraines. Just, you can just heal things just like that. Break things free just like that. Migraines. It's awesome. Exciting. We worship a powerful God. Lastly, he knows exactly where each and every one of us is at. Okay, maybe some of you are working in a cubicle and it's a very toxic environment, right? There's people stabbing each other in the back and pushing over each other to advance, to get ahead, right? Maybe it's just me, okay? But God has placed you in that particular place and time. You are that illumining light that needs, okay? You are the one that's going to put the broken glasses so people don't step on the danger, okay? He's going to provide you exactly what you need in that situation or that circumstance. But that's the God we worship. That's the God of omnipresence. He was here, he was with me 44 years ago in the killing fields of Cambodia. He's here right now with me. 
and he's here with you today as well. So I want to bring this to, to an end. Again, just to reiterate how often that we are in where we need God, in those dark places. How often do we need those warning signs, whatever that might be that you're asking for or you're waiting for or you're praying for or you're fighting for or you're contending for? How often time we're bound by, maybe it's generational things that have held us back. Maybe there are deep, deep-rooted things that are inside of us that we need to cut free so we can break away free and really just run and do what God says. Sign me up. I'm one of them. He is there with you, omnipresent, everywhere, all the time. So I want to show this picture. Remember I shared that when we left Cambodia, you're not allowed to take anything because this is a long journey. You can only take maybe one or two documents. In our case, a lot of the pictures, a lot of our family history, all gone. We couldn't carry it because if you got caught and you had evidence that tied you to whether a business or a government, you would be killed. So you don't want any of this document. But when we file this paper, this is one of the only pictures that we have of our family. And you can see to my right is actually, it's a long story, but uh, my biological father was killed during the Khmer Rouge. But my mom met Seni, who is my father now, who I love dearly. And if I can be half the man he is, then I would be a good man. There's my mom. Good-looking young man, there's me. And then my little sister. So all that we had to identify us are those numbers that you see below. And then we get this letter that basically it reads, have been accepted for resettlement under the auspice of... So I looked up the word auspice, I didn't know what it means, so... But what it means is a divine prophetic token. A divine prophetic token. Here it is, a document that God put a stamp on it. But friends, I tell you today, you guys don't need this document. That's the exciting part. You don't need this document, document to tell you, hey, I want to be with God. I want to know God. I want to know Jesus. I want to know what he's all about. You don't need any of that. All you have to do is just ask. know this omnipresent God and you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you want to build this tangible, physical relationship with this living God ask that you raise your hand and I could pray a simple prayer for you anyone it's okay we have time later at the end. You can come up and we can do it. So I just want to end and just end on a prayer. If you guys can close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this testimony 
that you provided that's been over 44 years in the making, that you were there beside me when I did not know you at all, and you are here now. And I pray that those that don't know you today, that they would come to know you, and they would want to know you. And I just bless everyone here today, Lord. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.